I'm not gonna sit here and tell you life is gonna be Ron Howard happy days every day. It's not gonna be that way. Matter of fact, it's probably gonna be the opposite. You see, the enemy is gonna throw everything he has in his toolbox at you. Now, he can't stop you himself, but his objective is to get you to stop you. This message is for the strong, for all those going through trials. Um, no. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Barbarian, Barbarian Prophet. Yeah, I want to welcome you all back to the Barbarian Prophet. You know, I've been missing for a little while. I know I have. And uh, I, I, you know you're missing too long when even some of your family starts uh, texting you and go, Hey man, you haven't been on the air in a while, so is everything okay? And, uh, you know, everything is okay. I've just been extremely busy since uh, we go through a little season there just before Christmas. That is called Advent in the church, and uh, I know a lot of people do them on Sundays, but uh, in uh, the particular denomination I'm in, we do uh, that on Wednesdays and Sundays, and I was really blessed this year, and so was uh, Prince of Peace Lutheran here in Casper, Wyoming, when we had pastors come in from Wellspring Church, which was my friend, uh, uh, Walt Hill, and uh, he is from a vineyard church, uh, so a completely different denomination. But he came in and gave just this amazing, powerful word that just shook my people. It was just beautiful to watch. But it also gave him an opportunity to, and several of the people that go to his church, uh, to see uh, how our worship looks a little different than theirs. But we're all doing very similar things. Uh, also had uh, one of the largest churches here in Casper. And I know some of you have heard uh, Rocky and Adam on on the air. And they come from a church called Highland Park. And uh, Darren over at uh, Highland Park, he had also come in and spoke. And just gave this wonderful message to my people. But it also gave my people a face to look at for a man that does a tremendous amount around the city in unifying churches to do work together. And, you know, that's the one thing that we got to start becoming truly is a uh, priesthood of believers. You know, that's what Martin Luther called it. And, you know, that's actually, you know, what, what it says in First Peter is that we are uh, the priesthood. And uh, a lot of people have taken that to mean some very bizarre things I've noted over time. Uh, some of the things they've taken that to mean is that we're all uh, part of a specific, uh, the denomination of the Roman Catholic Church, or they that we're part of the Orthodox, uh, Eastern Orthodox Church, stuff to that effect. And that, that's, none of that is correct. I mean, that's, I mean, if that's what you need, dude, you, you do you, boo. That's all I can say. And uh, on the other end of that, we have to realize just one more thing is that uh, we had the enemy 
continually coming against us. Now, the opening thing, uh, the opening statements in the show, that comes from a guy by the name of Billy Allsbrook. And if you can look him up on YouTube, he's a great inspirational speaker. He uh, he does reference the Bible quite a bit, and uh, but I I do want to say he's not there to preach to you. There he's there to inspire you. I'm not recommending him as a preacher. What I'm recommending him as I listen to him while I'm working out. And uh, one of the things that happens when I'm working out is a lot of times I need that driving force to say, "Hey, you need to realize what's coming against you." And you know we're in a we're in a time frame right now where <clears throat> there's several of my brothers and sisters that are listening to this right now and I, I want you to know I want to thank you that when I have seen some of you here over the last uh, month that you when you tell me hey I listen to your show all the time etc that that just really brings great joy to my heart and I'm very humbled that you do and uh, I have a <clears throat> a couple of sisters. Yeah, that are uh, getting ready to be ordained. And uh, we're all headed out to Ohio to do our final interviews. I'm going with them. And, uh, you know, one of the things is, is when you go out for some of these interviews, people that think becoming a pastor is just a matter of opening up a church, uh, you need to be a called person to that. And the funny thing is, is that all the years that I have uh, been in the Christian faith, I have met very few people that did not think they were called to be a pastor. Everybody's like, I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to pastor a church. I'm called to do these things. And, you know, that's awesome. And uh, I'm sure a large chunk of you are. But there's also, we have to realize is that, is that a desire in our heart to serve the Lord? Are we truly uh, going in to train people, or are we just wanting to be listened to or uh, be in control, etc. And, you know, even when we're in a, in a denomination or we're in a non-denominational church, it's funny how often um, people are, if I was in charge, this would just be completely different. And they're, they're correct. Um, but the Lord has called that pastor there in front of you to be there. And uh, we need to throw him your support. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, one of the readings that uh, we are doing this week is out of, out of Mark. And um, it talks about, uh, you know, Jesus going into the synagogue. He gets baptized. Uh, you know, Mark's kind of one of those short stories. We're going to understand that uh, John Mark, when he wrote that, uh, he was taking his direction from uh, Peter, and we can find that in that he was sent to Peter, and we see Peter mention him and stuff to that effect. We also see that Mark, John Mark was a very important part of things. I think sometimes we kind of forget that he was around as a little kid for some of this stuff. And the other thing is, is that he uh, was both with Paul, and him and Paul had a rub and uh, got separated out and you know, he went home and stayed with Peter and uh, his uncle Barnabas. And uh, Paul ended up having a little bit of a tiff over that whole thing. But um, one of the things, let's let's bounce to the Gospel of Mark instead of me giving you a whole history lesson. Uh, one of the things with Mark uh, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 1 is that we see that after Jesus is baptized, he 
he gathers up a couple more, a couple of disciples. He actually has four of them. And then he, the very first thing he does is go to a, um, he goes to a synagogue, which is a church of its day. And, uh, the very first thing he does is preach the gospel. He preaches the message. They go, what new doctrine is this? And they start to ask some questions and, uh, he ends up uh, right away having to cast out a demon that is dwelling within the church. And and this is something that's heavy on me because I know I'm preaching on it on Sunday. And normally I don't uh, reveal anything before I go in and preach it. So let's pray that it doesn't escape me. But I do know that we we are called to be a priesthood of believers. Okay, And, and as a priest, we're to be uh, submissive to Christ, uh, not just submissive to him. Uh, but the other part of that is to um, to step into the church and do what's needed. And you know, when we're talking about casting out demons of things, and this is this is a very sensitive area for some people. It's not for me. It doesn't freak me out at all. In fact, um, a lot of uh, non denominational churches think that you know, like a Lutheran church, but bear in mind, we're the North American Lutheran church. It's a little bit different than some of the others is, uh, not afraid to take on and challenge those things. Uh, Phil Gagnon wrote a book called deliver us from evil, which gives a pretty good direction, uh, from a Catholicism, uh, end. uh, so it's some very old stuff. Uh, but there, there's some other people that have written some incredibly good books uh, on uh, casting out demons. But, you know, one of the things is that you need to pay attention to what they say about Jesus. He comes in with authority, authority. And uh, that becomes a very important thing because uh, in today's society right now, uh, we have uh, numerous different guys. I'm not going to call them out. I ain't going to play that game today. We have numerous different guys that go, hey, everybody's called to do this. Anybody can cast a demon out. Anybody can do all that. I see. But, you know, if Jesus did it with authority, then we need to think about whose authority we're under. And you don't go into somebody else's church and start doing things <clears throat> without permission from the pastor. And the pastor, a lot of times, looks to permission from those who are above him. Sometimes that's a a board of directors or a church council or something to that effect. And make sure everybody's on board with this situation and that some prayer is happened. But first and foremost, did God call you to actually do that? And when it comes down to uh, casting out a demon... Uh, you know, there's, there's some process to that. And, um, we, uh, I can get some demon hunters in here one of these days and we'll have a talk about that. But, um, when it comes down to that, we need to realize that, uh, I, I heard this really great story. Um, I heard this really great story from Walt Hill, in fact, uh, just the other day he came by the church and he goes, we started talking about casting out demons. And, um, in fact, I just, I need to get him on this show cause he is such an incredible speaker. So anyway, what happens with Walt is he says he, there's this guy and I don't know his name. That's why we need to have Walt tell this story again. But he said this, he starts preaching 
And this uh, guy starts manifesting in the front row, possibly a woman, I can't remember which, starts manifesting in the front row, and he just shuts everything down. The the person is kind of flopping around on the floor and doing some weird stuff, uh, speaking in uh, not tongues, not uh, tongues the way we know tongues. He's doing something weird. His eyes rolled up in his head. He's not having a seizure. He's obviously manifesting in the face of the true word of God and the worship of the Christ. And so what ends up happening is uh, the pastor doesn't just step up and and cast the demon out he says to the crowd listen we got to deal with this and everybody's like yes and he says but i'm going to tell you right now if you do not have jesus christ in your heart you either need to flee this building because when i cast it out it's going to go into you or you need to come forward and profess christ to everyone and uh uh write yourself in your heart and 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 surrendered and and you know uh for my lutheran folks i know that that's what an altar call kind of looks like but it's not a matter of them making a choice it's a matter of them surrendering or what what martin luther would have called the bondage of the will they are no longer surrendering to the actions of their own life they are surrendering to the actions of christ and so what ends up happening is about half uh, you know, let, let's say there's about 20 people, about 10 of them flee out of the building and run away. And then there's about 10 that run to, towards the front and say, I can't live without Jesus. And they get down and start praying because they're terrified. They're terrified that this demon may enter them. And they, they in that moment, truly do have kind of a little choice. And that choice is, do you want to be in the darkness or do you want to be in the light? Do you want to serve the the dark side of things or do you want to rise up into the light of Jesus Christ and let him dwell inside your life? And so the, as this guy prays with them, he prays over them for protection, anoints their heads, prepares them, and then what does he do? Cast the demon out. The demon has nowhere to go in the room because the room is controlled by God. And the man acts with complete and total authority. So when he does this, it changes lives. Jesus didn't cast out demons. I mean, one thing that we like to talk about, and I'll talk about on Sunday, so I'll probably reapproach this later. But they uh, they talk about... Um, Well, what kind of demon can live in the modern-day church? I'm going to tell you what. A bulk of the church body has gotten so in bed with the demonic that they can't tell the difference between Christianity and the demonic. They start to believe all these bringing in other things, constantly bringing in other things. We see churches out there that are like all paths lead to God. You You can get to God by Buddha. You can get to God by Allah. You can get to God by Tinkerbell from Disneyland. You know, I mean, they don't care. They're, they'll preach anything that draws people into their seats and puts money in the plate. And, you know, I had uh, uh, several people, and so uh, y'all know who you are, have on Facebook put a little thing, well, let's remove the money and see who's still called to preach. Well, I was preaching long before they pray before they started paying me to be a pastor. But let me tell you what, 
A pastor never, ever preaches for cash. That Sunday thing, that ain't what he's getting paid for. You may think that's what he's getting paid for, but that ain't it. He's getting paid for all the other things. The middle of the night, uh, go to the hospital. The middle of the night, go to the morgue. He's being paid for all of the counseling sessions that he does. He's getting paid for those hours upon hours that he truly is away from his family. Because their days don't start eight hours. Their days start and they end when they're over. You know, I it is Thursday, and I'm going to put this show out here as soon as I'm done with it. But I can tell you this, is that, you know, I made, I made a decision this morning. I was like, man, I've got to get my little butt back on the air. And um, this this is part of that. This is part of reaching out and giving you a message. And the other part of that is, is that uh, my morning starts at about, uh, in general, it starts about 6.30. I kind of get myself ready to go. I get to the gym. I get done at the gym. I head to the church. And then it rolls, and I will get home around sometime around 11 o'clock tonight. In the meantime, I have counseling, and I have all these other things that we do, and uh, going and helping settle problems in uh, houses and... and uh, doing home visits to people that are shut in, etc. Uh, that covers that time, and, and your time does have value. And uh, when I worked in the oil field, I worked in the oil field full-time, and then I ministered on the side. Uh, did I Was I able to see impact of people's lives with Christ and the Holy Spirit just dwelling inside of them and the blessings of the Father? Absolutely. Do I see that a lot more now? Not as much, if you want to know the truth. What I see now is me trying to guide and teach a church uh, the direction in which they need to go. Because it's no longer about a one-man show. Because, see, that's that's really what we're talking about here is people want to be the one-man show and say, well, if the preacher was out doing what I'm doing. Just so you know, that's a demonic thought process. It's about self-control. That's part of the fruit. You can look it up in Galatians. Yep, I'm being quiet and let that sink in for a minute. It's about self-control, not pastor control, not people control, not church control. If other people are not doing what you think they should be doing, then you need to reevaluate what you're doing. What you've got to do is just set yourself into right motion. Now, the whole point of all of this is that when we're talking about this, we're talking about the demonic in the church. And the demonic always doesn't manifest as something flopping around on the floor, foaming at the mouth, or crawling up a wall, or eating bugs, or doing ugly things. But I'm going to tell you right now, what it does do is, where it manifests itself is in gossip. Where it manifests itself is in uh, backstabbing one another. That's why we ask in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. That's literally a shanking in the back, just so you're aware as we forgive those who trespass against us. we got to realize that the things that we're doing in the church and the comments that we're making, uh, some people go, well, I don't want to do that every week. Well, that's great. You can keep living whatever life you're living, man. But I know dang good and well that with all of these things, I have to forgive people, and I need to ask forgiveness every week because that's what we're supposed to do. 
So when it comes down to things like casting out demons, etc., I think the first place we ought to do is do a self-examination. Start taking a look. Am I belittling the pastor around me? Let's let's just start with that one. Do I do I get irritated with him? Do I not want to be around him? Uh, when I look at the Sunday school teacher, is the things that uh, he or she is doing is that you know my kids find that boring? Well, let me tell you what you need to start praying over your kids because they're finding the word of God boring. It means that they are so focused on the world that they need to be entertained every step of the way. And when you say, no, we don't have to go to church because I know you're bored with it. You're saying, no, no, let's go ahead and head into the darkness. And I know this may sound a little rough, but it's reality. And, uh, you know, I'll take the hate mail. I'm good with that. I don't, I don't check it often enough anyway. But uh, on the, (laughs) on the other end of things is that, Bear in mind that uh, if we see somebody else doing something we don't care for, it's probably something inside of us that that does this. And I, I have, I mean, don't think for one minute that I'm innocent of this, man. I, I had people had me so hot yesterday. I had another call another pastor to talk me off the ledge, man. I was ticked, and I don't mean a little bit ticked off. I mean I was hot. And it was over a comment made in an email. I'm going to tell you about a past thing with me. Like, man, probably about 16, 18 years ago, I quit a job over an email. To which the other guys read it and they're like, I don't know why you're quitting. I said, well, this this what he said. He insulted me and on and on and on. And I took a job and eventually I went back to work for that company. But the whole reality is, is that I let that offense uh, start to rule my income and it started to rule everything else and uh, I pursued other things because I was angry and uh, yesterday I I had an email that ticked me off and I mean it it, uh, it was a it was a comment and I'll give you the comment when you know if you're close to me you probably already know all this but the comment said you're not Lutheran enough and we need to continue on with other things, you know, like education, et cetera. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, this person has no clue who I, what I'm doing here. And uh, they're trying to, you know, put the square peg into the round hole thing, et cetera. And I just became furious. And I mean, so stinking hot. It was ridiculous. And uh, to the point where by the time I got home last night, I mean, emails flew back and forth. People are involved in different states, different parts of the country. I mean, everything, it just flies and gets insane. And that is a demonic activity in the church. So my brothers and sisters that are listening to this, they know some of these struggles. And and uh, for my sisters that are headed out for where we're preparing for ordination, let's just remember this, is that the demons in the church are real. But the demons inside of us are real too. And the best way for us to fight them is to start to forgive one another and and love one another. Uh, we are to be known by our love for one another, not our combat with one another. In fact, with this person that I was irritated with, I made up my mind this morning, I've got to clean this up. 
I cannot do it here. I'll do it when I'm face to face with that person. And I, I want to clean it up. Why? I didn't, We don't have to uh, be best friends and swap spit. I mean, that ain't what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I cannot bear a grudge against that person. Why? Because they're also a believer in Jesus Christ. They also come with a set amount of authority. They also come with um, with the grace of God. And they suffer from the same struggles I suffer from. And here, uh, you know, what I started thinking about is how many letters have I written that have just pissed the planet off? How many podcasts have I said that has just irritated and angered people? Now, this is my second run at this. When we ran the Barbarian Prophet back in the day, it's all off the air now. And we ought to, at some point, start doing re-airing. But... um, when I ran those shows, I mean, we had a lot of listeners. We were downloaded about 5,000 times a week. It was just crazy. It was it was bizarre. But I got to tell you, there was plenty of trolls in that that would just rage against what was said. It's impossible for these things to happen. I mean, I, I had people irritated with me all the time, and oh, and I kept thinking, what have I done? Because sometimes we do things without thinking about it. And sometimes what is happening is the person that sent you a deal isn't even, they're not thinking the way you're thinking. You're not giving them any grace. You're not giving them any moment. What you're doing is you're deciding that they're exactly like you. So they're doing exactly what you would do. And let me tell you what, I can write you an email that'll give you a little slap right in the mouth. And it'll be the politest thing you ever read. And at the end of it, you really don't know whether you need to rub your chick, your cheek or uh, uh, brush off your lips because you ain't sure if you got kissed or slapped. But I'm going to tell you, that's not right. So I'm publicly right now just declaring that I have uh, treated this person wrong and I, I need to talk to him before. I, it, I wouldn't use their name to cause any embarrassment or anything, but... I I I made a mistake yesterday. I I am in need of uh forgiveness and I'm going to go to this person and seek forgiveness. And uh the reason that I'm going to do that is because that is what we're required to do as the body of priests. That's what we're called to do is the priesthood of believers is uh we worship God, not our rage, not our irritations, not our, I wish other people would do things the way I'm doing. If they could just do what I'm doing, they would be right. No, that's trying to make you God. (coughs) You just need to do what God has called you to do. Lead by example. Do what he does, regardless of what anybody else is doing. Learn when you need to keep your mouth shut and learn when you need to open your mouth because there's a little bit of both. But I just kind of wanted to put a little show out here, and I know this one's only about 30 minutes long, and it's kind of short. But I've got to tell you, be cautious of the demons that are creeping into your house, onto your TV, onto your phone. Be careful of those things which are distracting you from God, because anything that can do that, as you read C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, or you watch the movie Nefarious, or any of those type of things, you'll realize that what what the demonic is constantly do is they don't need you to worship them. They just need to distract you from what God has called you to.
So with that, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry I've been gone so long, but I I want to be dialed back in here a lot more. In fact, I plan on running a little series uh, out of the Wyoming Central Rescue Mission, which is also very much a rehab center. And um, <clears throat> what I'm saying with that is uh, there's some incredible stories of people that have lived on the street that Christ has snatched up and just uh, turned them completely around. And at the end of the day, they have been set free from their addictions, etc. And it isn't that they're not going to continue to have fights. But I just really see down there some people that have moved from when I first met them and they came into the mission to where they're at working in jobs and, and becoming the heads of things now. It just It just amazes me. So until next time, I just want to say Jesus loves you and I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. For questions or comments, please email us at info at thebarbarianprophet.com. The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness and the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important. But let's wait until the next show for that. Hey, I just want to give another quick shout out to Billy Allsbrook. Say thanks for all the inspiration you give me most days of the week. I want to say uh, thank you to uh, all of the listeners because, man, you guys, uh, when I run into people I've never seen in my life in uh, the airport, and they're like, you are the barbarian prophet, or I have somebody come to my church for a funeral and say, uh, you're the barbarian prophet. I, I heard you preach over here. I just want you to know, I'm just Bert Eldridge, the barbarian prophet. Um, it has been just a fantastic part of my life. There's nothing special about me. I'm just the same as any other person you've ever met. I'm a sinner and a saint all wrapped into one. I'm a saint only because Jesus loves me and I'm a sinner because I'm still human, folks. And I just want to tell you, I love you. I truly do. And and the reason I say there's nothing you can do about it is because it's not your decision for me to love you. Just like it's not your decision for Jesus to love you. He loves you anyway, regardless how stupid we are. Till next time, see ya, Barbarian Nation. <laughs>